Hello everyone, Michael Martin here. Happy Tuesday. As is customary, I normally come up with some better ideas for the previous day's podcast as soon as I hit end and start to edit for noise reduction and what have you. And so, continuing on about overtrading, the way it shows up in the scenario from yesterday is that you fall in love with one particular name of all the names that you're, fi fi you're trading, right? And then you stop taking signals and say other three or four of them and you just stick to that one. The way it leads to overtrading is you're just narrowing your focus to that one name, right? And then you start drawing things on top of the chart and if it goes here and here's the price target and in the meantime, the other names are, are trading away from you. And so it could probably go onto the chapter of several titles, not just overtrading. But that's kind of how you know you might be falling into overtrading is if you fall in love with one name. What's the names today? Well, there's any number of them, right? Amazon, Tesla, you can go, you can figure it out for yourself. Who am I to say? And they're all probably good names. The point is, I'm not calling your girlfriend ugly. That's not the point. The point is, is that if you're willing to take the risk, don't you want to make as much money as you possibly can for the risk that you're willing to take on any given trade, right? Then the concept of price targets, you know, you are the weakest link of your trading because you're the human. And as soon as you start having opinions about stuff, you know that you're trying to be in conscious mind when you know that your subconscious is what's running your life. So I try to stay out of all this overthinking stuff because you tend to do it, people tend to do it at the exact wrong moment. And if you see something like a Tesla or is an Amazon and it's putting in, you know, a, histor a historic high, you're not offsetting there, right? Those are the points to be buying. And you can backtest that. So this is where, of course, it takes all different types, right? All different shapes and sizes and everyone comes to the market with different criteria. But if you just go back and say, well, I'm afraid because it's in the top right corner. Well, you know. If you looked at Tesla at 900, that too was at the top right corner. And now it's trading at what, 1100, 1100 or something like this. So that top right corner is going to continue to push away from, you know, the chart. And you can't let that psych you out. So if there's nothing but clear blue sky above the name, then that's a name that I'm going to certainly be looking at um, and position size accordingly. Why? Well, it's, it's a little... I don't know if it's complicated, but it's harder to visualize is I can't count on price targets, but what I can count on is the other guy's greed. Okay, I can count on the other person's fear of missing out. And again, this is a game about playing poker, about human behavior. I'm not Gus Hansen by any stretch of the imagination, but when you see things pushing through historic highs and you see, you know, you watch the crowd's behavior, it's harder to read the tape, admittedly, from back in the day because you don't know what's what's there, who's there anymore. It's a lot of machines. It's a lot of painting the tape. It's a lot of garbage, frankly. But you can count on the other guy's behavior because they're not typically trained, right? The majority of them aren't trained. And it still can have a profound impact on the market when you have a group of people acting in herd mentality that are not, I don't want to say unsophisticated because that sounds condescending. <clears throat> which means to talk down to people. Um, anyway, no, that's a joke from Seinfeld. So what you want to try to do is figure out, well, what's the other person going to do at the key inflection points? Well, what's happening above the market when it's making new highs? You have the short sellers who are fading the thing on fundamentals, saying valuations are, you know, it's trading at a million times earnings. Well, guess what? 
it could trade at a million times earnings for the next five years, right? That's not predictive in and of itself. I come back to the story of Microsoft that traded nothing less than 40 times earnings when it went public. And there were people who were like, I'm not paying 40 times earnings. Meanwhile, Paul Allen, rest his soul, and the other Microsoft insiders, Bill Gates, they were just printing it. You have to pay for growth, right? So, so valuation is a, fund, is a fundamental that's for investors. Um, and even there, you can see some of the greatest investors change their mindset, right? When did Apple become a value name? Well, that's why it's the one-fourth of the entire portfolio of Berkshire Hathaway, Okay, this is not your 90s Berkshire Hathaway anymore. So you have to stick with the momentum, stick with the names that are working. And you can count on the other people's behavior. Take it, take yourself away from the company for a minute because valuations and earnings multiples and earnings reports, I don't recommend that you try to trade around earnings. That's gambling. But that's, a, that's another conversation. You can, if, if you can predict how other people are going to behave, because think about it, their paradigm is set up a certain way. It's written in stone. It's been forged by years and years, if not decades, of behavior, which is environmental. And if that person is not conscious of what makes him or her tick, they can largely be blinded by their own paradigm. They're doing things for reasons they don't even know. Now, if you're a trader and you are skilled and you have self-awareness and you have a strong inner voice, right, and you have strong risk management, you're not necessarily trading Tesla as you're trading against the crowd. That's the point of the story. So as it relates to overtrading, you can't really tell necessarily which of the five names that are firing buy signals will be the ones that the crowd's going to get behind. So hence, you have to take all the trades. Then let the market tell you which ones are going to move or not. If one of them stalls, okay, puke it out, big deal. Nothing lost, nothing ventured, nothing gained, as they say. But a winner will emerge, right? And if you're position sizing based on percentages, not tiers, then you're even in a better spot. Anyway, that's my two cents for today, or my two rap-on if you're in Switzerland. Get your free copy of the audiobook version of The Inner Voice of Trading at Martin Chronicle. Thanks for being here. I'll see you tomorrow.